Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,625. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from North Carolina by the name of Carlos Saloom. Carlos, welcome to the show. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride, my friend? Yes, Mark. All right. We'll have some fun. I'll try to keep it between the guardrails for you today so we don't need those seatbelts. But before I jump into a proper introduction, I want to ask you this, Carlos. Tell our listeners one little thing that most people may not know about you. Well, I'm a produced playwright in three countries and also a documentary film producer in two countries. One European executive one told me that I seem to be an artist trapped in the body of a leadership performance coach. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is very fascinating to me. And and in your introduction, I'll mention that. So the creative side of you comes out in this uh, film production and playwright production. But the other side of your life, which we'll be focusing on today, is helping other people. So how did you get involved in you're kind of left brain, right brain kind of guy? Yes, yes, definitely. No, I got involved because I studied medicine in Argentina, Mm -hmm. but the continuous economic crisis discouraged me. I didn't see a role for me. I didn't have such a strong vocation to stay as a doctor in Argentina. And I always loved tennis and teaching and big performance. So I decided to come to the U.S. uh, through friends, uh, some of the best teachers in the world, who invited me to join them. And uh, that's when I met Dr. Jim Lair, who's probably the best sports psychologist in the world. And uh, I offered to build his entire international speaking tours. Wow. That led to a collaboration with uh, top athletes. Fantastic. We, uh, we're glad you're here and sharing your wealth of knowledge with, with everybody here and around the world, of course. My wife lived in Argentina for almost four years when she was in high school. She loved that time in her life. Uh, she loved the people of Argentina and really, really enjoyed being there. She's always said she wants to take me back down there. It's been a long time, but uh, one of these days we'll get back down there to enjoy that country. So uh, yeah, uh, again, welcome. Let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to jump into some of the questions here. Carlos Saloom is the founder of Saloom International Resources, a leadership performance strategy consultancy located in Charlotte, North Carolina. He advises leaders from multinational corporations based in four continents on peak performance strategies to obtain breakthrough results using his performance architecture process. As a peak performance expert, he contributes to the Grand Slam victories of tennis champion Gabriela Sabatini and Sergio Bruguera. He coaches race car champions Pietro Fittipaldi, we all know that name, Formula One team Haas, his brother Enzo, Formula Three team HWAG, as well as Formula Four and U.S. legend champions. He also collaborates with several global sports technology organizations. And as he mentioned, Carlos is a keynote speaker and internationally produced player 
playwright and documentary film producer. He does it all. In addition, he organizes international leadership events as the founder of the Circle Executive Club. We'll be right back to talk with Carlos and learn more about how he helps people from around the world. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah possible. Please give them a little love, a little of attention, and a little business because that's how we stay on the air here. So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on. We'll be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a Covercraft custom fit car cover. I know because I've been using their covers on my vehicles since 1975. Plus, they offer a multitude of options depending on your situation. Indoor covers include form fit, desktop, the oh-so-soft fleece satin, and their very unique view shield, a cover that protects while allowing you to see your favorite vehicle while the cover's on your car. Amazing. Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their incredible options allow you to choose from Weather Shield, Sombrella, Weather Shield HD, Block It, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, Nova, and Weather Shield HP. So many options. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, even ding protection and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. They've got you covered. Their soft-touch covers are safe for your paint, and the custom fit keeps them from blowing off. If you live in a windy area, get the Covercraft Gust Guards. They're a must-have if your car sits outside in windy conditions. Worried about theft? They have cable locks, too, with built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any ordering questions. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle on the planet. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 120 at covercraft.com you'll get 10 percent off your covercraft order that's right so go to covercraft.com use the code yeah y-e-a-h 120 at checkout and get 10 percent off on me mark here at cars yeah covercraft they've got you covered American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866-224-9324, and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Carlos, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my success, my success, my guess for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that maybe is important in your life. So could you share one of those with us and get the inspirational tires turning a little bit here on Cars, yeah? Yes, my preferred one is the glass is full and a half 
She's the title of uh, the book that I'm going to launch in September, uh, first online, because it forces you to do a double take uh, based on the usual analysis. Now, is the glass half full? Is it half empty? How does that define you? But I see this provocation of seeing the glass full and a half as an invitation to see possibilities, to design solutions, to aim higher, and to seek breakthrough. I love instead this. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, you've kind of flipped things on their end here a little bit. But, but that's what your life is all about, right? You help people to see things in a different way. Yes. It's uh, an approach to analyze first what is, you know, what's your situation, what are your fears, uh, aspirations, and then move to envisioning what can be so we can design what could be, and then we need a plan for what shall be. Mm. So it's a staircase approach, it's training, big performance is a learned skill, so we need to train. But we need to make it desirable. We need to make it joyful. Uh, we need to be pulled from that vision, which I always say is better if it's 300% above what we consider our peak right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're pulled by desire. We're pulled by this uh, true north, this light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, then we create the stepping stones. Huh? You know, this is wonderful. And I want to dive a little deeper into this and talk about your business that you do there at Saloon International Resources. You know, it's one thing we all see these great memes on social media or posters of encouragement or words of encouragement, but they only really go so far. I would assume you teach people these tools to take into their lives that they can overcome obstacles and do things they never believed that they could do or they haven't figured out how to do. So walk us through perhaps, let's say with racing, since this is cars, yeah, racing drivers, we all think they just jump into a car and go around the track as fast as they can and the faster ones win and the others don't. But there's obstacles that we create in our brains. And I do the same thing from time to time. And I have my mentors and my wife and family around me that will help me overcome those things. So let's talk about racing, for uh, for instance. What are some of the challenges and, and ways you've helped race car drivers get to their peak performance? In racing, the challenges have come uh, as in the case of Pietro Fittipaldi in 2017, I have to win this world championship or my sponsor will not put up the money for next year right. or my career. Right, <laughs> yeah. There's some motivation. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was a do or die. We have six weeks. So the marvelous thing is to see how the system works because more than an approach to training or tips, which are very good business in print or in websites, we need to have a system. Mm. And the system that I use is based that we know that there is an ideal performance state. When things go well for us in any endeavor, we know how we feel, we know how we think, we know that we do certain things that would put us uh, in the zone. And by operating in that uh, emotional state, we get things done easier. I'm not concerned about the present, the technique, the competitors, uh, the machine. I can be totally focused on managing energy rather than time. That is a key concept. So 
To arrive there, there is a physical route in which we need to manage stress recovery waves, you know. Uh, we need to embrace stress, but then to understand how to back off and recover. Yes. And then there is an emotional road, uh, which is we need to act the feelings that we want to feel. That's how we see athletes uh, acting tough and walking confidently. They are talking to themselves with their body. <laughs> they are feeling the emotions. that they, Even the, if they are scared or doubtful at the time, we use the body as a tool. Mm-hmm. But then we need to shift our uh, mindset because in a race there will be many, many obstacles and complications and unexpected things. So I need to get back on track to my ideal performance state in milliseconds. Mm-hmm. And that's where the hard training goes to. <laughs> uh, because in the end, all this has to be ritualized. I have to do this many, many times in a, in a joyful way. <laughs> And that's the, the trick, no? how to create the engagement yes. to ritualize all these factors so I can be on the ideal performance state on cue, on demand and under pressure. It's fascinating. I yeah. love that. And having watched other people who are motivational speakers and help you go through the process. And one of the things that comes to mind, and you think you see it with athletes, they walk on a field and they, you know, puff up their chest and put their head up and uh, this physical yeah. nature, they put themselves, this mind state. I mentioned in my introduction of you, the performance architecture process. And you learn, you use a couple architectural terms while you were talking ladders and, and so forth. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that performance architecture process? Yes. Um, thank you for noticing that because uh, peak performance is a design. <laughs> so okay. Okay. I like we, that. Yeah. We, we build it and we build it first. There is uh, like a macro structure in which um, we need to imagine that we are that person that we want to be. Mm. We need to be at a 300% peak performance level much higher than today because then we need to backtrack and create those stepping stones. And the training uh, will involve knowledge, skills, but also attitudes and habits. Mm. And they all have to become rituals. So when we do the physical aspect of uh, going to the gym and training reaction time and being in the car and hitting the marks <laughs> on the track, yeah. you know, ritualizing everything physically is like typing on the brain and uh, creating that connection between emotion and action. You know? Yes. And then the attitudes and the habits is that I have to feel the emotions. So uh, humor becomes a very good thermometer. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. a very good thermometer <laughs> yeah. because if I am violating the basics of not eating right, not sleeping enough, drinking too much, or not training in a ritualized way, under pressure, I will not be able to feel humorous or joyful or engage. Yes. And that is the canary in the mind, really. That is showing me that I cannot operate in high positive emotion. And that is a preferred emotion because otherwise I need to pump myself up from anger, which is very costly, (laughs) or I will find myself dragging my feet or rejecting competition, no? Tanking. And uh, we know what happens. I mean, you will not be in that car, you know, in a few races. This is an environment that is very unforgiving. 
-hmm. they just love peak performance, you know. So, oh, yeah. uh, and the next race is the best race. <laughs> there is always <laughs> another conquest to prove yourself. You know? Exactly. No, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating. I love love this idea of ritual and process through that. Um, I know for myself that if I don't set a, a course, a plan of action to get something done, I can tend to not get it done. If it doesn't become a ritualistic part of my day, let's say working out or exercising, for example, if I, well, I'll just put it off for now. I'll do it this afternoon. And then the afternoon comes and then I'll, I'll do it after dinner. And then I'm too tired. And then all of a sudden you go, huh, I didn't get a workout in today. That didn't work. So is that a process that you build into this uh, architecture in people's lives that they they really have to set up these rituals throughout the day and stick to them, and that's how they stay stuck to them? Is that a good tip for those listening that might go, why can't I seem to get that thing done? Yes, exactly. Uh, that's the building block. The uh, building block is the habit, the ritual itself. So there is a guy that uh, – I mean, there are two very good books uh, about habits these days uh, based on research, and, and the research – says that to develop a habit, we need a trigger. Then we need to crave doing <laughs> what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And then there has to be a reward. And uh, we need to study uh, with the athletes, uh, the rescue drivers, the habits that they have. So they identify what's the trigger, how do I get to love it, <laughs> and how do I reward myself for doing it? Mm. Because if I understand a few habits that I'm doing well, I can stack the habits by saying, because I do this well, now I can do this other one. Uh -huh. And that's how you compound all the complex habits that you need to do as a race car driver or for everyday life. No? Yes. Yeah. So it's truly the stepping stones, the building blocks, the consolidation and the key is, if I don't feel the joy of full engagement, I need to revise something. Because if it's all duty, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you said, we are going to postpone that activity. Yes. You know, the brain loves certainty and the brain will say, no, no, listen, <laughs> yes. stay where you are, you know? <laughs> yes, de most so, definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, and the brain can trick you quite easily if you allow it to. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> it can give you all sorts of excuses why not to do things. I'd like to ask you this. What is the favorite part of what you're doing in this part of your career with, with helping people perform better? What makes you feel good? What builds those blocks in your life that allow you to have those triggers and those cravings and those rewards? It's uh, to understand uh, that I'm a contribution. Mm-hmm. Because when I quit medicine, I told myself, first of all, yes, I can change markets and it's great that I'm invited to be in the United States and be in the best market. But number one, I need to be with the best because they have figured out things that I can accelerate, I can accelerate my growth. Uh, but then I have to do it very well. So I had to figure out how to transform myself <laughs> through the teachings and the experiences that I was uh, enjoying with these uh, gurus <laughs> yes and uh, then when I start uh, when I started seeing the results in working with athletes and sometimes very quick transformations like Gabriela Sabatini wanted to quit tennis in April of 1990 
in September of 1990, she won a Grand Slam, the U.S. Open. Wow. After five months of working with us. So he's answering the question, how does this work? How can it continue to work? Will it apply to other athletes? How does it apply to an executive? And what does it mean? What does it mean to life? You know, what does yes. it mean to being human? Because uh, the fascination for me is that we design future. That's something the animals cannot do. <laughs> As humans, <laughs> yes, we design futures. So how do you design a better future that can answer this question that I find critical? Now it's like, because I achieve, how do I contribute to others' achievement? Mm. Which is the start of leadership in a way. No? Yes. We can lead by example, by not saying anything, but we're inspiring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is the processional effect. Now, as I do, others are watching me and they also improve. But I can, I can also lead very intentionally in which I ignite. No? Yes. I decide that because these factors work, I can stand on top of the mountain and say, follow me, <laughs> you will be safe. <laughs> and this is the process, no? One of the things I've learned after talking with 1600, and now you're my 1625th guest, is what I call the secret to life. And it's something that, to a, a happy life, let's put it that way, a successful life. And it's something that you touched on here that I believe you have figured out. I think you figured it out a while ago when you wanted to go into medicine and you evolved into what you're doing now. And that is we are at our best as human beings when we are helping other people. Whether we even realize it or not, it is really what fulfills us and makes us feel whole. And uh, you definitely have figured that out. I'd love for you to touch a little bit on the Circle Executive Club. I mentioned it in your introduction, and it's spelled T-H-E-S-I-R-C-L-E, Executive Club. What is that all about? Well, one of my mentors is Richard Saul Woolman, the founder of the TED Conferences, mm -hmm. who very kindly has written the foreword of my book. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, I learned with Richard that the essence of Ted was his insight that technology, entertainment, and design would come together at some point. And it was 25 years before he actually started the Ted conferences. In my case, I saw the confluence of uh, stories, ideas, and relationships as central of my branding, what I could contribute. So I started to organize gatherings and later dinners at the Ritz-Carlton here in Charlotte in 2009 in the middle of the crisis because I discovered that all these executives that had six-figure jobs were losing their jobs and their identity with it. Yes. <laughs> and they were very thirsty for connection and uh, conversation. But there had to be a way of creating interesting and engaging and transforming conversations and I learned the techniques and I experimented with them and so it was very profound that's what they said no mm -hmm. we keep coming because it's profound and I figure out how to make it profound within 20 minutes you know <laughs> we might have dinner for two hours but I knew the signs that we were on track mm -hmm. and that this would be helpful so it's not a class. You're not coming to a dinner. You're coming to much more, but it's a bit like improv for me. I know that I need to put the rails, but then it's all magical. 
because <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be okay. You know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that is really, I, I saw in your description that you sent me certain parallels with what you do because it's going beyond the topic and, and using the topic of leadership in my case mm-hmm. to bring up the stories and the core ideas and more importantly to create relationships because yes. everybody around the table will receive the emails and I have only one rule don't sell mm-hmm. you know yeah. don't sell during the dinner show the real person <laughs> yes you will sell after after you know over coffee yeah. over yeah. lunch <laughs> yeah but show me who you are you know I love it Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, I'm going to ask you a question I ask all my guests, and that is to share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced in your life and how you overcame that. I'm really intrigued to hear what you have to share because so many of us do face these things, and it's more about the learned lesson and then how you move forward. So sit tight. Again, keep your seatbelts on. Uh, Give our sponsors a little love here today, and we'll be right back. Hey, Mark Green here. I want to invite you to an exclusive virtual wine tasting event that I'm hosting on Wednesday, August 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. You've heard me talk about Adobe Road Winery's The Racing Series here on Cars Yeah. For this exclusive event, I have invited some of my fellow automotive enthusiasts and past Cars Yeah guests to join us. McKeel Haggerty and Wayne Carini will share their love of classic cars. Lynn St. James will be providing insights on racing. And you'll learn about the challenges of choosing best in show from Jeff Love and David Lillywhite, editors of the magnificent Magneto magazine with their virtual online concours. When you purchase two bottles of the racing series, you'll get a private invitation to this exclusive Zoom event that centers at Adobe Road Winery, where Vintner and endurance racer Kevin Buckler and his winemaker Garrett Martin will share the secrets of their unique racing series wines. Having enjoyed these delicious blends, I promise you're going to love the racing series. Here's how you join. Your purchase of two bottles from the racing series gets you in the virtual door. Use the code UNICEF, all capitals, U-N-I-C-E-F, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your purchase of any of the Racing Series wines. Plus, Adobe Road will be giving 10% of this event's sales to UNICEF. As an added bonus, Jeff and David will give everyone joining us a one-year subscription to their Magneto magazine. That's a $72 value. It's like getting an extra bottle of wine for free. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. So go to adoberoadwines.com, use the code UNICEF today, and join us for a very fast and fun evening, Wednesday, August 26th. Cheers! My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read, whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH. 
for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yow for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's step away from the conversation to talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through automotive-related events, car shows, and drives. Among those nonprofits is RPM Foundation, a terrific organization working to keep our favorite collector cars on the road. RPM was created to ensure that the specialized skills needed to care for classic automobiles, boats, and motorcycles continue to be passed down from generation to generation. They do this by supporting training for young people with a passion for restoration and setting them up with mentors who can share their valuable knowledge. So far, they've awarded more than $3.5 million to restoration education projects across 35 states. Incredible! To learn more about RPM or to donate to their mission, visit www.rpm.foundation. You'll be glad you did. All right, Carlos, we are back. And this one is interesting for me to hear from you. And that is, I'd love for you to share a big challenge or failure that you faced in your life or your career. And and most importantly, as I mentioned before we took a break, how you overcame that. So walk us through that specific experience and then tell us how it helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your life. Yes, thank you. The biggest challenge was uh, to become an American citizen. Mm -hmm. When I arrived in 1985, I was able to participate in different training programs for tennis teachers around the world, but I didn't have a full working visa or a process for the green card. So I decided to create something that would make me unique because ah. I talked to many lawyers and the immigration lawyers were very precise right, right. about what well, you need to be unique. So I said, okay. I am going to create Dr. Jim Lairs, uh, the sports psychology international speaking tours because he is unique. I have been to Europe and different countries certifying teachers and they always ask me, what is the next step? What happens with mental toughness training? What is he doing? So in 1988, I shook his hand and I said, I'm going to make you world famous. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going. To, That's quite a I'm way to greet somebody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, it's not going to cost you a dime. Oh. Uh, I just need your permission because I'm going to sleep on a sofa in Dusseldorf, Germany. Although I don't speak German, but my friend Klaus is on board with this. And I plan to create a six cities tour. Within eight months, I wrote a manual for each city's representative to do exactly the promotional schedule. Wow. And then, Jim, all he had to do was to arrive in November, and we would tour for two weeks. Wow. Uh, this worked very well. He was working for IMG, the large sports agency, mm -hmm. and they thought that I was Houdini because <laughs> they <laughs> were very honest. They didn't know what to do with the doctor, yeah. although uh, he was coaching some of the best tennis players in the world. But 
But uh, when they asked me, what do you want? I said, well, I want a green card. I can do this all day, every day with Jim at the Nick Boletieri Tennis Academy. And at the time, we had the best tennis players in the world coming to this place, and they were our clients. So we had a very good control group to test the concepts. And they were all winning. Agassi, Sampras, Monica Seles, Jim Curry, all these people were winning. We started having race car drivers, <laughs> golfers, uh-huh. <laughs> Olympic athletes. But when Gabriela Sabatini won the US Open, the very next day, the phone was ringing off the cook, but, and it was executives. Right. And even I remember neurosurgeon who said, I cannot give you my name, but my pulse trembles. When I'm operating, you understand what I'm telling you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I need this. I yeah. need this knowledge. You right. Know? So that was really the opening to creating uh, our own company. And for me, it was uh, getting the green card and becoming an American citizen uh, 10 years later, all in a very well-encompassed and disciplined process with my lawyer. And uh, the great satisfaction that all along we had built something internationally with my entrepreneurial effort, but also a company in the U.S. Wow. What an inspiring story. That is incredible. You are a testament to how to approach from a different angle, a very big challenge and get through it. And and more importantly, again, it goes back to what we discussed. You were giving back to others. You You weren't just coming to this country to take. You were coming to give and to offer and to help. And then you've ended up doing that around the world. So Bravo, Carlos. Yes, thank you. You know, for for the listeners, I want to summarize that because Mark McCormack, the founder of IMG, wrote this strategy on his book, What They Don't Teach You at Harvard Business School, and he called it, if you want to go north, go south. <laughs> so basically, I wanted to be in the U.S., but I went to Europe yes. to have a success <laughs> because then I could really be different against a U.S. competitor, you know? So many people might want to apply that. You You took the long road home. Right, right. Very nice. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, cars, since we are on cars, yeah. And I I understand from uh, two great people that introduced me to Carlos here, and I want to give a shout out to them. Lawrence Baxter, who put me in connection, and Cindy Sisson, who I call the super connector, uh, for introducing me to Carlos we said that you're a little bit of a car fanatic too, since we are on cars, yeah, here. So I'd, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about maybe what instigated that passion for cars. Was it back when you were in South America or was it those days in Europe seeing those European cars or was it coming to the United States with uh, all of our big freeways filled with vehicles? All of the above. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> because uh, it starts with the fact that in feeling and being an artist, I'm attracted to elegance, mm. and I consider that it is a blend of design and performance. So I always pay attention to that. Uh, it helped a lot that we had Rotemann as a Formula One oh driver. Oh gosh, yeah, no kidding. Because then I pay attention as a child, but it was obviously Michael Schumacher that really captured my attention yeah. because the championships and he basically was a living and walking book, you know. Yes. He made it very easy to talk about big performance with my clients, and he was elegant, <laughs> and the cars were elegant. Yes. But then, really, the the most important moment was to work with Pietro and Enzo Fittipaldi, and within months, they won championships, and it makes me uh, understand the experience from the inside, what they taught me, and how they helped me put together and align the factors in a new world. And uh, 
how they are a catalyst, no? how yeah. these factors are a catalyst and they can help for racing, but uh, more importantly, they grow as people, you know, yes. they have grown tremendously as people. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. You mentioned uh, Fittipaldi. Uh, the day we're recording the show, listeners, would have been uh, the Friday of the famous car week of course, and moving up into the weekend of Pebble Beach. And I was on the lawn at Pebble Beach a few years ago. I've, I've been there 30 years in a row now. This would have been my 31st. Wow. And I was talking with Nick Mason about his Ferrari GTO and up walks to us Emerson Fittipaldi. <laughs> and oh, wow. I did not know him. But of course, as I said, saw him walking toward us, I, my heart started racing because I, I know of him as a race car driver and followed Formula One. And then he walked up and introduced himself. And, and Nick, who I just met, introduced me to him. And it's one of those moments where you're standing there going, I can't believe I'm talking to these two people. And I'm on yes. the lawn of Pebble in front of a GTO and life could be no better than this right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, the, the Emerson uh, Fittipaldi and the Fittipaldi name came to, comes to mind. Uh, let me ask you this. Is there a, a first vehicle in your life that had great meaning for you? It's the one I'm driving now. Oh, okay, it's, great. Uh, it's a modest 2002 Boxster S. Oh, nice. But... Uh, I call it therapy because, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, in 2017, I had a pretty good year. I said, well, I can change my car. I had a modest Honda Accord, and I had selected online a Mercedes-Benz and a BMW. But there was this interesting Boxster at Hendrix here in Charlotte, and I went to see it so I could just take it off the list. Yes. Uh, obviously, the guys at Porsche are so good at doing what they do. <laughs> that <laughs> You took it off their lot they, instead of your list. Exactly. They, they provided the experience, and uh, it was like instant yeah. love because of the, the whole thrust and possibilities and the difference itself. Yes. So it's well-maintained. I use it only as a commuter. I never drove it more than two and a half hours. I don't punish it. But because every time that I'm in it, I'm happy for no reason, like a child. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's very important as an adult, you know? Yes, there's a great saying out learn. there, life's too short to drive boring cars. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, a huge Porsche fan, as my listeners know, and the Boxster is such a wonderfully fun car. So I'm so happy that you get your daily dose of therapy every yeah. time you drive to the office. Okay, now here's a great question for you that I'll bet nobody's ever asked you. And it's great for somebody that gets into the mind of, of great athletes and, and sports people. If you were a vehicle, Carlos, not what you want to be, but you were manifest as a vehicle, based on the kind of person that you are, what would Carlos be and why? I discovered this at Hendrix when the Wharton School of Business invited me through a friend to a talk by a Porsche executive, mm -hmm. and they had a Boxster Spider. Ah, nice. And... Uh, <laughs> And I realized uh, I identify very strongly with that shape because I thought, okay, this would force me to imagine a better version of what I have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's also better design, power, performance, and possibilities to enjoy. Mm. It will force me to improve my financial situation because I believe that saying that says, <laughs> don't buy it if you cannot buy it twice. <laughs> <laughs> good, good advice. <laughs> And I figure that uh, with my mechanic, uh, yeah. with the one I have. And then uh, I think that uh, I also believe that you are motivated by luxury. I learned this as a coach for Swiss private bankers for 20 years, mm -hmm. which were my biggest clients. And um, it's important to 
have this goal uh, because a goal is a dream with a deadline, as Peter yeah. Drucker used to say. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and also because sometimes, like, as we do as humans, no, uh, sometimes you lead by emulation and you learn by emulation as well. And if I can be a story, a walking story that I got this and this is why and how I deserve it. It might also be important, no? To I love others. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and that spider version of the Boxster is pretty darn cool. Got several friends that own those things. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of neat elements to that. So very nicely thought through. I thought I'd get something very special <laughs> from you, Carlos. All right, we are entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to have you fire off, uh, or I'm going to fire off a series of questions and have you give us some quick blips of that Boxster spider throttle. So here we go. Yeah. <laughs> What's one of your personal habits that you believe is contributed to your many successes? Uh, fitness training. I'm playing tennis uh, five to six times a week. Wow. Ah, uh, awesome. Because uh, it helps me walk the talk. It yes. helps me stay connected with the ideal performance state and go through that process of the trigger, craving, and reward. Yes. And uh, feel guilty when I procrastinate <laughs> uh, yes. or make excuses. So it's a very good uh, loop. Yes. You know, my, my father taught me years ago that excuses are lies that we tell ourselves. Yes. And I've always yes, re yes. always thought of it that way, that when I find myself in one of those moments, okay, stop lying. Why would you lie to yourself? <laughs> That's just right. a silly way to be. <laughs> How about if yes. I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive field? Who would that be? Yes. Um, I think he should be a Porsche factory driver ah, ah. <laughs> because I, I I feel so much like a convert and I want to learn more. Uh -huh. And I don't know anything really about mechanics, but I want to know more about the experience yeah. and the perspective. I, I really would like to have a better Porsche, as I said, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, for the sake of it, for the experience, you know, for the joy. So mm -hmm. I'd like to learn more about what can they tell me. Well, I'll have to connect you with one of my past guests, Patrick Long, who's been a Porsche oh, yes. factory race car driver for some time. Very successful guy. He also, of course, started Luftecult, which has been a hugely successful annual event. Sadly, just a few days ago, they had to cancel this year's event, which is going to be yeah. the first one on the East Coast because of COVID. But they'll be back in 2021, no doubt. Patrick yes. is a really great guy. So uh, if you listeners miss my talk with him, go back and you'll find it on the Cars yeah website. How about the best automotive advice anyone's ever offered you? I loved that piece of advice. If you can't buy it twice, you can't afford it. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. But is, is there another one you might share? Yes. Around 2005, I was involved in internet startups and I ended up in Palo Alto, California in very exotic and weird meetings. Uh -huh. <laughs> and this guy had uh, performance cars and he said, driving a performance car demands good karma. And I realized, yeah, it's true because envy, anger, road rage, they're real. Yeah. So if I'm inside a performance car, I need to be surrounded with white light and positivity <laughs> and kindness. <laughs> yes. I need to really uh, project uh, the feelings, you know? Right. That go with the driving, yeah. Well, I think it's really important because a lot of performance cars and expensive cars have this stigma with their owners, and it creates this damaging effect that people may have, you know, Porsche drivers are like this or BMW drivers are like that. And so I think as an, a good steward of the mark, 
yes, yeah. uh, have good karma and be kind and be helpful and change those opinions. Now, there are so many great resources. Obviously, you are a spectacular resource for people. Is there one that you go to every day that you might share with our listeners? I think it would be helpful to go back to what I mentioned about building blocks mm-hmm. and that we have to start somewhere and explore and experiment. So I would mention the jamesclear.com. Okay. Uh, jamesclear.com because he wrote Atomic Habits. It's a very popular book. Very well structured, very easy to understand. It will really invite you to try uh-huh. and modify the ones you have and improve the habits you have and, and stack them up. I think that uh, it's a very nice template. Well, it's a nice segue into my next uh, question, and that is recommending books. Atomic Habits, of course, a fantastic book. Another book or two you could recommend? This is uh, more for the whole of life. Uh, Maybe some of your guests might have mentioned, but for me, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl is uh, critical because it answers the question. It's It's a very tough question. Yes. But uh, based on the Holocaust experience is that if things are so bad, why haven't you killed yourself yet? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It really yeah. is a brutal resetting of, of perspective that sometimes uh, when we have first world problems, we need. For sure. I will remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources on Carlos's show notes page on the Carjia website. Just type Carlos Salum, S-A-L-U-M, into the search bar and his page will pop right up. All right, Carlos, this last question I have for you can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. You can keep your Boxster since it's a commuter, uh, so it doesn't have to be removed from the equation here. But I'm going to buy you something very special. I want this to be something special for you, but it's got to tick all the boxes. That means uh, it's a car that you can't sell. You got to keep it. I want you to drive it and to enjoy it, but it's the only one collector fun car you can have parked in your garage. So what am I buying Carlos Saloon today? A Porsche 550 Spider. Oh, one of my bucket list cars. Uh, (laughs) Wow, nice choice. What is it about that old car that you love so much? It's intriguing. Mm. I feel that I could look at it all day from different angles. It's bubbly, but it's intriguing. (laughs) And it also screams racing. It has a sexiness to it. And uh, I can only imagine that it's wonderful to drive, although maybe uncomfortable. But it's one of the things that I might not care, you know? Yeah, I think uh, not. <laughs> yeah, I want to be in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's one of my bucket list favorite cars. I did have a Beck Spider for a while uh, because the 550, of course, has become quite expensive and unobtainium. Yeah. So, uh, but the Beck Spider I had was wonderful and fun. And you kind of got to pretend that I was in one of those things. It was quite delightful. So a 550 yeah. Spider. Well, there's a few of those around. I know where some of those are parked. So I'll get out my big checkbook <laughs> And go find one of those for you and drive it back there to your part of the world. Carlos, you've taken us on a fascinating ride. I could talk with you all day long. I'd love to have you back someday on Cars Yeah! So we could talk more about how those of us who want to increase our performance and be better people could do that. I think you could help everybody with that. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Before I let you go, though, would you give us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Porsche 550 Spider? Yes. Well, it's this notion that we can design our life, and we start by designing breakthrough. So sometimes we need to unblock 
the path before we can see this vision of going towards breakthrough. So is the question of what is stopping me? Is there any way that I could do things differently? Are there alternatives? And then is what is really pulling me because of desire, not just power, money, or fame? Mm. If I can live in desire and be totally joyful, what is that? Because that would help tremendously with the design. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. What's the best way for people to follow along with you and, and learn more about what you do and what you offer people? My website is salominternational.com. Mm -hmm. Salominternational.com. And there is a sports peak performance tab uh, under services that can be uh, quite helpful because it's mostly about my work with the young race car drivers. And uh, it links to blog posts in which I tell the longer story. Awesome. Great. I'll remind listeners, too, there's another great website, The Circle, T-H-E-S-I-R-C-L-E.com, where you can learn more about that that we discussed today. And, of course, uh, his LinkedIn site as well. I'll put links to all of these on Carlos's show notes page on the Carsia website. And, again, a big thank you to Lawrence Baxter and Cindy Sisson, the super connector, for connecting me with Carlos. I have a great great uh, passion for all my friends and listeners who connect me with wonderful people like you, Carlos. Thank you for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!